Hello and welcome back to another episode of Football Chants and Rants with the Plants. We are a dad and daughter podcast reflecting on football across the top four or five English divisions with me, Lauren. And me, Graham. We are well into at least a year now doing the podcast and seems like an appropriate time to say thank you very much to everyone that has continued or has started or even now this might be your first podcast giving it a tune and um, yeah download it and have a little listen to it so we always enjoy making them and it's always nice to know that some people are giving it a little listen and this week is no different to the others where we're going to have some rants, some raves some Barnets of the Weeks, as well as obviously rounding up, like I said, the football across the weekend. And it seems to be getting now towards the end of the season, obviously not many matches left. And I'll start off by rounding up the Premier League. And Man City obviously are running away with it. However, they've been stopped in their tracks by what was a thoroughly entertaining match against Leeds. 2-1 to Leeds. Dallas got the goal, opening goal just for the first half. And then Cooper got a red card. And then City in the second half, 76th minute, they finally broke down Leeds 1-1. And at that point, you're thinking, oh, here we go, City. They've been scoring lots in the second half and just getting those wins. But it was another goal from Dallas, a breakaway goal, grab and snatch, and um, Leeds won it 2-1. Man City suffered their first home defeat against a promoted side in 42 Premier League games since losing 2-0 against Reading in February 2007. Statistically, uh, 71% possession for City, 29 shots, 7 on target, um, but very noticeably Leeds only had 2 shots and obviously both of them were on target and both of them were goals. So a brilliant result for Leeds. They literally just defended like their lives depended it really when Cooper got his red card. Uh, tactical genius from Bielsa and City just weren't really quite at it. Um, Leeds only actually had seven touches in City's box as well. Great result for Leeds. Do you reckon that'll be probably one of their highlights of the season so far? Yeah, I mean, they've lots of highlights. I think they're going to finish hopefully top 10, so brilliant. Mm. So the next match, Liverpool versus Aston Villa. 2-1 to Liverpool, but as it says, it wasn't that easy at all. Injury time winner from Trent Alexander-Arnold. Again, had a really good match. Gareth Southgate, interestingly, was sitting uh, having a little watch. So, yeah, a lot of press, obviously, about him dropping out the squad. And we mentioned it last week. But Liverpool finally end their run of six consecutive defeats at Anfield and eight without a win at home. So they needed to get a win and they came from behind to get that. Unfortunately, Villa didn't do the double over them. Obviously, it was a ridiculous 7-2 win earlier on in the season. But uh, sadly, they couldn't quite do the double over Liverpool. So Liverpool, three wins in a row now, 52 points, two behind Chelsea. So they're still very much in the run for the top four places. Villa, in their eight matches at Grealish, I was looking at statistics, four losses, two draws, two wins. So obviously, they're not. They're trying to say that they're not a one-man team, which they're not. But interestingly, that without Grealish, obviously, they've lost more than they've won. 44 points, one behind Leeds. So still, it's been a fantastic season for them. And then also Crystal Palace versus Chelsea. Uh, Chelsea back to winning ways after what was a very disappointing result versus West Brom last week. And they thumped them 4-1. Havertz got two goals. Pulisic, Zuma on the score sheet as well. I think they said he's the highest scoring defender now in the Premier League, which is interesting. A very dominant performance. Havertz seems to be finding his feet now in the league, 21 years old. I think finally um, people starting to see, you know, why they paid so much money for him and uh, why he's rated so highly. Um, I saw Graham Sooner saying that he thinks that City are going to, uh, that 
Chelsea are going to give City a run for their money next year because he thinks they've got the best squad up there with City, which is, when you look at the bench, they had Abraham, Werner, Giroud, Ziyech, Kante. Would you agree with him that Chelsea seem to have a, a great depth of squad like City? I think you've got to, yeah, definitely. And Crystal Palace, they'll be disappointed. It was a poor performance. One shot in the whole match. And obviously, I mean, that was their goal as well from Benteke. But it was a very disappointing match, a bit up and down Palace. I think they need a little bit more creativity in midfield. But it'll be interesting to see if uh, what happens to Roy and if he goes shopping this summer. I think they definitely need to go shopping by the looks of it. On Sunday, once again, there were some brilliant matches in the Premier League, starting off with an early kickoff. That was Burnley against Newcastle. Uh, it was an early goal for Burnley in the first half. And then Newcastle, to be fair to them, Steve Bruce made some fantastic substitutions. Most importantly, Sam Maximam came on. What an impact he had. He got an assist for Murphy. And then he himself scored the winner overall, 64th minute, making it 2-1 to Newcastle United. Fantastic result. For the Magpies, that would just be um, tough to try and get further clear from Fulham and that bottom three. And then the match after that, West Ham versus Leicester, two teams fighting for the top four places. Two teams that have been thoroughly entertaining for this whole season. So naturally, it was a thoroughly entertaining match, especially for the middle person. Not so much if you were a West Ham fan for the last five minutes of the game. But they won 3-2. Jesse Lingard just shown what an impact he's had since he's been on loan from Manchester United. He's scoring two, Bowen getting one. And then Ian Acho just making the most of the tiny opportunities that he did have. So it's 3-2 with 91 minutes. And there was still, I think, about five more minutes left to play. And it was very tight times for West Ham. But they kept their three points. And it's a fantastic result for them. And Leicester were missing some important players. Madison, Soyunchai, Perez. Obviously, Harvey Barnes is out for a long period of time. So disappointing for them, really disappointing. But they'll be setting their sights now on the FA Cup against Southampton. And then the big match, this was my one to watch from last week. Tottenham versus Manchester United. It did not disappoint. Drama in the first half when Manchester United had a goal disallowed. A soft, soft decision, I would say, from VAR and the referee. And then Son, who was involved in that contentious decision with the disallowed goal, went on to score for Spurs. But then Manchester United, fantastic second half display. Fred Cavani, Greenwood, getting three goals. Cavani was fantastic and um, thoroughly deserved the winner. Well, he thoroughly deserved his goal after having his uh, first one chalked off. I think the pressure is certainly on Jose Mourinho now. It'll be interesting to see what happens with the future for Spurs. There's a lot of, you know, uh, talk about Kane. Will he stay? Will he go? I think that they have to win something. They have to. They have to get some form of trophy, FA Cup. Carabao Cup they've got to win something in order for Mourinho to potentially keep his job there because the results haven't been going in their favour at the moment so over to the table which is looking very interesting with Manchester United beating Spurs that gives them 63 points so they're now within 11 of Manchester City with a game in hand so it's not over yet Manchester United have got four wins on the bounce now so they're playing really well Back-to-back losses for Leicester, but they stay in third with West Ham breathing down their neck on 55 points. They're one point off them now, West Ham, followed by Chelsea, followed by Liverpool. Spurs are still seventh on 49 points. 
two points behind them as Everton, but notably they have got two games in hand on Spurs. And then towards the bottom of the table, after the Burnley-Newcastle match, the Magpies will be uh, pleased to see there is a slight gap now between Fulham and Newcastle, six-point gap there. Um, with Newcastle with the game in hand. So it was a massive result for them. Burnley, 33 points. So they probably like to think that they are comfortable. So it's all still to play for. And certainly those top four positions, especially this weekend, have been uh, highly contested. So that's my roundup from the Premier League. So championship, three matches, mostly promotion-based. So Millwall, Swansea. Uh, Millwall had won three in a row and Swansea had lost four in a row. So it would be interesting to see what happened. Andre Au got the first goal on the stroke of half-time to send Swansea down the tunnel 1-0 up. And Lowe, Jamal Lowe got two in the second half. Uh, I'll come back to Jamal Lowe after actually in the programme or in the podcast. But yeah, Jamal Lowe got two, so a comfortable 3-0 win for Swansea. A really big win, actually. It cemented their place in the playoffs. You'd guess they probably won't catch Watford still. Watford had a good win, 2-0 at home to Reading on uh, Friday night. So you'd probably think they won't catch Watford, but um looks like they're gonna, they got back on form yesterday and they're going to get in the playoffs, certainly. Millwall, ninth, a really good position for Millwall. doesn't look like they're going into playoffs. If they'd won that, they would have had a better chance, obviously. But it looks like they're going to finish, hopefully, top 10, which is good, actually. Gary Rowett's the manager, 47 years old. Uh, managed Burton, Birmingham, Derby, Stoke. Been at Millwall since 2019. And you'd probably fancy Millwall, as much as they're up and down a bit, you'd probably fancy them to uh, have a chance of challenging again next year for properly for a promotion place. But Swansea, strong, so great results. Swansea 3-0 at Millwall. Preston-Brentford, you never quite know what to expect from Preston. Uh, Brentford had drawn the last four matches, so Preston probably fancied the chances, but it was a very one-sided game. 5-0 to Brentford in the end, 2-0 up at half-time uh, and finished up 5-0. Five different scorers, Ivan Tony got one of course, 75th minute. They had nine shots on target, Preston had one, bit of a sorry state really Preston. Uh, no manager at the moment, head coach Frankie McAvoy looking after them or trying to look after them since Neil uh, left. So yeah, Preston, I'm not sure what's going to happen with Preston, you never quite know from season to season but it doesn't look like a, a great finish to the season for them. Uh, the 16th, uh, I say it's all about what, what they're going to do next season now, I guess. Who they get as a new manager, that's going to be really important. Maybe Big Sam, you never know. Uh, then you've got uh, Brentford, they're now third. Nine points behind Watford with a game in hand. So they've still got a chance to actually meet on the 1st of May. So um, that could be a very, very exciting match, Brentford versus Watford on the 1st of May. And the last one from me, Bournemouth 4, Coventry 1. A uh, lively start from uh, both teams, actually. Gronveld scored for Bournemouth in 23 seconds. Two minutes later, James scored for Coventry, so it was 1-1 very early after three minutes. Gronveld got another in the twi- in the 28th minute, making it 2-1 at half-time, and then Bournemouth ran out 4-1 winners uh, by the end of the match. 67% possession, uh, worthy winners. They've now won the last four. Uh, they're six, and a good, they're in a playoff place. Two points clear of Wedding, of course, who lost on Friday night to Watford. Um, so, yes, yeah, getting really interesting at the top there. It's looking like um, Watford and Norwich. Norwich won 1-0 at Derby and more or less there, really, uh, just about over the line. Uh, should go up as champions, you would think. Uh, pretty strong. But it looks like the playoffs is going to be Brentford, Swansea, Barnsley and Bournemouth. 
Uh, that's probably what it looks like now. From Coventry's perspective, one place off the drop, six points ahead of Rotherham. Uh, but Rotherham have got those three games in hand still, but they've got to win them or win a couple of them, that's for sure. So Coventry don't want to go straight back down, but um, struggling down the bottom then, a 4-1 defeat at Bournemouth didn't help. So, Rant, I've kind of stolen one that you were having a little rant in front of the TV and I don't think you're actually going to be talking about now. So I've kind of stolen what you said, but it's a bit of a specific rant. We were watching the Fulham versus Wolves match on Friday night and I think it was the week before when Fulham played Aston Villa and obviously lost 3-1. Devastating blow that Tosin Adarabayu from uh, Fulham centre defender he got a bit of stick. I think he was maybe um, liable for maybe one of the goals. Obviously, they didn't have a great night overall for them for the last 15 minutes. But I think they're also saying in the commentary that he played was at every single minute of the Premier League. And then when we looked at the score sheet, we noticed that Scott Parker had dropped him. I mean, it might have been tactical um, or it might have been based off the fact that he probably didn't have a brilliant performance against Aston Villa, not that it was just him single-handedly. So I suppose as as um, obviously Blackburn Rover supporters ourselves, we've kind of had an eye on him before. And you've been impressed by the way he's played in the Premier League so far this season. Well, I guess if you're playing for one of the struggling teams, you manage to play every minute of every game. You've, I think you've earned the right to make one mistake and get selected. Yeah. So it might be more to it, I'm guessing, but certainly... Yeah. Yeah, there could be, exactly. So I suppose it's just a bit disappointing to see him on the bench when he'd uh, played, like I said, every minute of the Premier League so far. Not many players. I think James Ward-Prowse might have been that from Southampton, um, but not many. Obviously, they're being rotated around so much these days, what with COVID and the amount of matches that they've got. So I was struggling for a rant this week. Obviously, I'm in such a positive mood. Did you get a rant come to you quickly? Uh, yeah, and we don't do politics or controversy on this podcast, yeah. but uh, I think it's worth mentioning. Jamal Law, the guy who got two goals for Swansea in their brilliant win uh, yesterday, um, he was subject to some terrible racial abuse Ridiculous. Uh, with some colleagues and they had to take down the whatever it was, the platform for the yeah. fans because you know, they had to stop it literally. So it just, I don't know, it's just... Ruins what is a good moment for him as a player. Yeah, beyond belief really, but uh, did it put him off, did it? Like he got two goals, so yeah. turn it into something positive. Well done, Jamal Law, for standing up and uh, showing what a great player he is. League One, well, you mentioned Championship. There seems to be loads of goals in the Championship and... League One was exactly the same. There were lots of goals and trying to get through all the matches, really. Um, just wanted to quickly mention convincing wins for first and second. Hull beating Plymouth 3-0 at home park. And the same scoreline, actually, for Peterborough at Swindon Town. So it's still Hull and Peterborough top. But then the big scoring matches, Crewe Alexandra versus Oxford United. 6-0 to Oxford United. And that was with them missing a penalty. Relentless keep their playoff dreams alive. So they're on 59 points, four behind Lincoln in sixth and crew mid-table really 15th, 54 points. Um, another high-scoring match, you had Accrington Stanley versus AFC Wimbledon. Actually, noticeably, all these high-scoring matches are away. Literally so many away wins. Um, one five, Wimbledon managed to get five on the score sheet. Their biggest win of the season and they're right down at the bottom of the table in those um, relegation places, desperately trying to get out of there. They had two goals from Palmer and Assel and one from Piggott. Just about takes them out of the bottom four by a point. 
and um, Aki Stanley are now six points off their playoffs. Another great win and a big scoreline, five goals, Doncaster Rovers versus Wigan. 4-1 to Wigan, like I said, another big away win. It was 3-1 by halftime, but a great result for Wigan, who um, had gone five matches without a win in the league, so they desperately needed to pick up some points. Just a shame for them that Wimbledon also picked up points. Still in the relegation zone, so they're winning a point to Wimbledon, and they're now two off Northampton. Um, it, those are those three teams really trying to... Oh, there's so many down there, but Burton, you'd think, would be safe. So it's eight without a win now for Doncaster. So they're um, in a terrible run at the moment. And then just quickly, there were a couple of upsets, actually. Sunderland versus Charlton. Again, away win, two on to Charlton, ending Sunderland's 14-match unbeaten run. I mentioned them for the last couple of weeks, actually. They've been playing really great. So, um, yeah, they'll be disappointed about that one. And then finally, Portsmouth against Burton. Again, away 2-1 win to Burton, ending Danny Cowley's 100% record for Portsmouth. So, um, yeah, plenty really of uh, upsets in League One, that is for sure. And League Two, uh, some good matches there. So there was a clash between Cambridge, who went into the match uh, two points clear at the top, against Exeter just off the playoffs, having a bit of a poor run, actually, Exeter. Exeter 2 0 up in 15 minutes. Bowman and Sparks, brilliant. So 2 0 at half time. Ended up 4 1. The other two goals were Collins and Matt Jay, their top scorer. Featured him a few times on uh, this podcast. Even match with a 50% possession, but uh, Cambridge had two shots on target. Exeter, nine shots on target. Drops Cambridge down from first to second, but they're still six points clear of fourth. So looking strong despite the win. And Exeter, always there or thereabouts, are up to eighth, one point off the playoffs, a point behind uh, Newport. So that's going to be uh, exciting uh, at the top. So brilliant win for Exeter, well done Exeter. Bradford Grimsby, Grimsby went into the match on an eight-game unbeaten run, despite being bottle of the table. And uh, But seven of those have been draws, so they've not picked up too many points really. Bradford on a very good run, we talked about that before, uh, marching up the table. Anthony O'Connor scored the only goal of the game for Bradford in the 33rd minute, uh, ended up 1-0. Grimsby went down to 10 men. At the end of the first half, Stefan Payne was sent off for uh, headbutting Philippe Moraes. Sounds pretty bad, uh, even more so because it was his own player. That's ridiculous. So he got sent off, but they still hung on. Actually, they made some good points, uh, made some good opportunities in the second half, but they couldn't quite get there. Boom, uh, sorry, Bradford finished 1-0. Winners, uh, 11th, only three points off the playoffs. Uh, Grimsby still rock bottom, seven points off safety, looks like uh, they're going to struggle. Also struggling, uh, Walsall, Forest Green Rovers. Walsall hadn't won in 14 matches. Forest Green had lost all the last three on a bit of a bad run. In the sixth minute, Rory Gordon put Walsall ahead, won it at half time. The captain, James Clark, got a second in the 65th minute. Moore Taylor got a consolation goal for Forest Green. Uh, so it was 2-1 in the end, 50 feet in six for Forest Green. In sixth place, not quite sure what they're going to do, but uh, maybe extra will jump over them into the playoff places. But they're still there at the moment, but I so said they need to change their form, really. Walsall, uh, a very uh, much-needed win after 14 games without one. Nine points off the drop and look pretty safe, probably. In that division, you probably think the top three, Cambridge, Cheltenham, Bolton. Bolton have had an incredible run, as we know. one 2 one at home to Harrogate yesterday. So maybe Cambridge, Cheltenham, Bolton, and then for the playoffs... Not quite sure you'd go all the way down to 11th where Bradford are to see uh, which ones are going to get into the playoffs. So a very, very exciting end to the season at the top end uh, in League Two. Quick one, National League, big match at Wrexham. 
race course ground. Of course, the Wrexham up for a quarter of a million quid between the players if they can get there. I think since he put that money on the table, they've not won. They lost 3-0 on to Stockport. They'd lost the last two, so that's three on the bounce now. Uh, Stockport on a good unbeaten run. Alex Reid, two. And uh, Rooney, John Rooney, 30-year-old brother of Wayne. He's played for Chester, Wrexham, played 83 matches for Barrow, got 27 goals. Uh, and he's got 11 goals in 23 for Stockport. So he's a good, uh, good steady player, John Rooney. Had a year in America, actually, as well. So, yeah, 3-0 for Stockport. Stockport fourth, looking pretty strong. And, well, Wrexham eighth, three points off the playoff, and they've played one extra match than the team above. So they need to get going if they want the cash. So, yeah, that was the National League. Rave, go on then. What are you going to be uh, raving about this week, Dad? Just an interesting, that was quite interesting, was, um, yeah, so Kevin De Bruyne, who um, has managed to negotiate, and I'm not, I'm not particularly bothered that he's earned himself a load of money or will earn himself a load of money. Yeah. But it's the fact that he went and negotiated uh, himself, uh, did all his little figures and said, this is what I've contributed to Man City and I think I'm worth a lot of money. And whoever, Guardiola or the chairman or whoever, um, agreed. Mm-hmm. Um, probably a bit of negotiation. But anyway, he got a fantastic deal. And in the middle of all that, there was no agents involved and nobody uh, took some cash from the deal. It was all De Bruyne, so fair play to him. Yeah. A uh, clever lad, not just a good footballer, but a clever lad as well. Yeah, well, that's exactly what my rave was going to be, the fact that Kevin De Bruyne has extended his contract, like I said, four years. Obviously, it's just very exciting that he's going to be staying in the Premier League um, for players like Foden and things like that. But yeah, I think they supposedly, because he didn't do it without an agent, he saved himself £8 million. I think that's the thing, though, isn't it? I mean, these agents... That's agents, a joke. I'm sure, you know, they do a good job. You know, they earn far more than some yeah. League Two squads put together, I imagine, for one deal. I mean, it's just, yeah. just feels out of, out of balance, doesn't it? But well done, De Bruyne. Very good. Barn of the Week. Mine's not the most exciting, but just one that I've noticed that is getting a little bit curlier by each weekend. It's good to see him back fit, and that is Christian Pulisic for Chelsea. 22-year-old American. Don't get many American players in the Premier League. A bit more hair than uh, Brad Friedel, that's for sure. That's the only American that came to mind then. But he's he's doing really well on the pitch and seems to be finding a bit more form. And I've just noticed he's maintained some nice little curly barnet that he's got there. And interestingly, his dad is actually assistant coach for a um, Pittsburgh River Hounds team, which is, I think, an American secondly, sorry. And his mum also used to apparently play football, so obviously runs in the family. And I'm just going to appreciate he's got some nice curly locks going on at the moment. So that's my barnet. Uh, I'm going to go for one with, I'm sure I've had before, Wilfred Zaha, only because, yeah. um, well... Looks like he's doing a bit of dying stuff going on. It did look a bit... It looked tinted, didn't it? Looks he'd done something. So it's interesting, but I think what is interesting is just his attitude. I mean, I watched the first half against Chelsea and he just, I mean, he just did nothing but moan and groan and shout yeah. and ball and, I mean, he just doesn't look happy at all. I mean, it's, mm. you know, he's a he's a talented footballer, should be enjoying his football, so Roy needs to get hold of him, give him a good shake and get him to uh, cheer up a bit, but... Uh, can't be good for his health, looking so mm. miserable. Goodness no, me. no, exactly. Will he stay in the summer? Well, we say that every year. You know, we've had that conversation. Yeah. How many seasons? Six, seven, eight. I don't know, but yeah. um, maybe eight. Yeah, they need to cheer up or leave. I think. Well, right, we've got ones to watch for this week. There's some scattered matches going on in the Premier League. I've gone for Friday, eight pm. 
Everton versus Tottenham. Obviously, there's a huge fight for those top four places and then obviously Europa League. And they're both two teams that are around the same part of the table, same points. And it was 1-0 to Everton back in September. And then also my final one to watch in the Premier League, Sunday, 1.30pm, Arsenal versus Fulham, who I mentioned obviously had a disappointing 1-0 loss to Wolves. Every match now you seem to think if they don't win this, then this is this, this them potentially gone. Um, and again, this is it's getting to that point now. So Arsenal beat them 3-0 in September. So Fulham fans will be hoping for some kind of results because they definitely need it down there at the bottom of the Premier League. Uh, midweek match in the Championship, we've got Sheffield Wednesday versus Swansea. Swansea, I say good win yesterday, 3-0. Need some points to try and get that automatic promotion place, which they desperately want. Sheffield Wednesday now seven points adrift under under a lot of pressure. So Sheffield Wednesday, Swansea. And then at the weekend, Norwich, Bournemouth. Um, I think, well, pretty certain Norwich will be promoted if they win. They'll probably be promoted if they don't win, if the other results go their way. So Norwich, Bournemouth, Bournemouth, I say before they, after that great 4-1 win, they're into sixth position looking strong for playoffs. So they won't be giving Norwich, you know, they'll Norwich will have to work hard to get a win, I'm sure, but could be Norwich's uh, promotion day. Uh, League One ones to watch, midweek matches, there's some going on. Tuesday, 7pm, Rochdale versus Swindon, literally the bottom two teams of the whole league, 24th versus 23rd. Four points between them. Rochdale now six points off safety and out of those bottom teams, those are the, that's the team at the moment that you presume are going to be going down. So they have to win it, basically, if they have any chance of staying up. And then completely opposite ends of the table, we've got Wigan versus Sunderland, 21st versus 3rd. Obviously, Wigan are desperate to avoid relegation. Had a great result over the weekend. And Sunderland are desperate to get in those automatic top two spots. And they are five points behind Peterborough. So, slight gap there. So, again, both teams could really do with the three points. A draw isn't really going to do either of them much good. And then League Two. So, the midweek, there's a, you definitely call it a local derby. Salford versus Bolton. Uh, Salford had a good win yesterday, ninth. They've been there or thereabouts. Desperate to get into the playoffs, I'm sure. Gary Boyer giving him his best shot and then Bolton who've had that fantastic uh, rise at the table to third. Also midweek Barrow Exeter, Exeter taking that 300 odd mile trip up to Barrow uh, looking for another win to be able to push for those automatic promotion play- uh, for the playoffs rather. Barrow fourth from bottom feels like Barrow are safe now. Drew at home to Carlisle in the Cumbrian derby yesterday but that'll be a good match and then Saturday 22nd Colchester versus 20th Walsall and a win for Colchester would put them two points behind Walsall. does look like Southend and um, Grimsby are probably likely to go down, but uh, Colchester and Walsall still in the mix down there, so that would be an exciting match. And finally, non-league, you've got Halifax versus Kings Lynn. Halifax 7th won the last two, looking to get into the uh, playoffs, and Kings Lynn 3rd from bottom, three points behind Weymouth, although they've got two games in hand. So Dover and Barnet already down by the looks of it. Well, Dover are definitely down. Looks like Barnet are down, so it's between the other place, between the W's, Wheelston, Walking, Weymouth and Kings Lynn. And um, that'll be an interesting, uh, interesting fight for survival down there. Right, that's it for this week. We've had some rants, we've had some raves. As I said, there's not many more matches left now. It's getting towards the end of the season. Hopefully the weather will pick up. Did you see at Burnley that there was a... Snow in the background. 
Yes, yeah, like that in August. I think. <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah, that's true. It's ridiculous. So hopefully the weather will pick up for these last final few weeks that we have got and few months left. But we will be back with some more football chants and rants with the plants next week.